0: Thanks for joining me for this episode of Founder's Time Podcast. Remember, subscribe to our newsletter at founderstime.com for more tips and tricks on how to make your podcast great. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to rate and review wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Hi, how are you? Hi, how you doing? Uh, trying to get. There we go. Okay, can you hear me? Yes. How you doing? Can you hear me? Let me see. Can you hear me? Let's see. What have I got going on here? Oops. All right, can you hear me now? I can hear you. Can you hear me? mm It might be me. Uh, let's
2: see. Let's get this up here. Let's see. Oh. about now can you hear me now yes can you hear okay. me I can hear you yeah it was Perfect. me <laughs> how
1: are you fine how you doing I'm doing good okay let me see all right um do you want me to start recording or you want me uh, you want to talk for a little bit before
2: Yeah, you wanna just give me a little bit, um, anything particular you wanna focus on, or?
1: No, um, I would like to have a conversation. You know, be natural, tell me your story. Um, Tell me what you want to focus. And and we go from there. You have something uh, to offer. Um, Let us know at the end. Okay. You know, I wanted to make sure um, it, it's okay if I post it on YouTube? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, okay. I definitely, uh, will put it there. Uh, that's actually goes faster than the podcast. I'm waiting to get, uh, listed on, on iTunes. Okay. Sounds okay. good.
2: And, and our audience is, um, inspiring entrepreneurs. Is
1: that right? Inspiring entrepreneurs, um, and reaching into, um the military spouses and the military community uh okay. females especially okay so, great but that's very diverse so okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> no it is it is a diverse but it's small but it's very diverse so it's up to you um i'm going to start recording okay make sure I can find the last time I found it. Okay, here. Uh, make sure it's recording. Are you recording? Hello? Yes, recording. Yeah, it's recording. Okay, so um, how you doing? This is this is from podcast. And I'm very happy to have you. Um can you tell me a little bit about you? Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited
2: to be here. My name is Dr. Deborah Muth. I am a naturopathic doctor and a women's health nurse practitioner. I own one of the largest uh, integrative clinics in the midwest and um, have become a serial entrepreneur over the years. Um, Not necessarily started out planning that way, it just kind of happened. That's that's pretty cool. How it happened, can you tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. So I started out um, having the opportunity to buy into an integrative medical practice when I was about 29 years old, somewhere around there. And I knew nothing about business. I just knew that I wanted to practice medicine. Okay. But um, having to buy in, I had to learn something about business. And um, my family was all. Um, factory workers. None of them owned businesses. None of them knew the idea of what it was like to own a business. Uh, they just wanted to work for someone and retire at 40 years after being at the same place. I didn't have that same that same drive. I loved to move around and do things different and change. So as I started to understand business, I started to learn about finances. Um, and very important. When I, joined the practice, I thought, oh my God, this is a medical practice. Of course, medical practices are just beaming with money, right? And they weren't. (laughs) When I joined the practice, um, there was 68 cents in the checkbook after 40 years of work and a very busy practice. And I kept thinking, I know what we're getting from the insurance company, and I know how many patients we're seeing there's got to be money. What's what's happening to all the money? And I started digging and looking, and unfortunately, like a lot of other businesses, we found that the person that was handling our money was embezzling. Um, and I learned very quickly how to make sure we don't ever have that again. But I also started learning about other things about business and how to manage people and how to um, grow a practice. And, um, and it's a challenge. I, I you know, you always think you know how to manage people, but it, it, you don't always know how to manage people and motivate people. Um, so I started learning and studying and um, taking courses to be a better business person. Okay. So that's kind of how I got started with it all.
1: That's amazing. And that's also so an important lesson, right? Uh, we start with a passion, with a hobby, or with an idea. And but then in, in order to make it happen, there's a lot of little details that you have to learn along the way. Absolutely. And you have to be, finance is one of the top uh, priorities because that's the life, yeah. life of, the, of the business. Without cash, you cannot move forward. That is exactly right.
2: You know, I thought the whole, the only thing I needed to know about a practice was, how to help people, how to make them better, and I had studied for 15 years all about medicine and how to learn to heal people, but never in that training did anybody ever teach me the art of running a practice or having a business. And so you have to learn that whole piece too. And you're absolutely right; without cash flow, you can't keep your doors open. And if you can't keep your doors open, you can't serve and you can't help people. So you have to be able to find that
1: balance there. Yeah, you have to definitely have to stay on top of the finance at all the time and your people because you have to be able to trust and train the people that you hire. Mm-hmm. So there are people in a business are one of the most important assets that you have.
2: They really are. And you know, it took me a really long time to learn that. I unfortunately thought people were disposable. And um, I learned the hard way that they're not disposable, But you need to have the right people on your team. You need to have the right players in the right seat. Because if you don't, they make or break your business. That came to me and said, the only reason we come to you is because of you. But your staff is terrible. And I kept saying, I don't understand because I saw different things in my staff than they saw. Until I took off my own blinders and I looked at my staff in a different light. And for a long time, I kept thinking, it's them it's them. And then I realized it wasn't them, it was me. I wasn't giving them the tools that they needed to do the job that I wanted them to do and that my clients needed them to do. And once I opened my eyes and I realized it was me that was the problem, not giving them the tools and not teaching them and not supporting them, everything got so much better. But it took me probably a good four or five years to realize
1: that. Can you tell us a little bit uh, more about that? How how do you, when, to to find out? Because when we are inside uh, a situation, it's kind of hard to pinpoint what is the mm-hmm. problem, right? Right. Uh, you're blinded, but but everything else. Mm-hmm. So how 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 do you put yourself out of the situation uh, to notice?
2: absolutely you're very right because i was so busy seeing clients i didn't have time to see anything else that was going on around me i would go from room to room to room to room and just keep doing that and then i'd hear from clients what was happening i had to actually take some time and not see clients quite so much but i also had to get a coach and i had a coach that that started talking to me about the importance of my my staff And when we started saying we went through 17 staff in five years, he looked at me and he said, why did you go through that many staff people? And of course, my thought, I just said, well, because they're all idiots, they can't work. And it wasn't that at all. They were not the right fit for our position, but I was not the right boss for them because I didn't know how to be a boss. And it was that reflection with that coach that finally made me start opening my eyes to what was going on and saying, you're bringing people in and you're putting them in a position and you're assuming that they know everything that they need to know, but you haven't told them that. And then I think I tell them and I should only have to tell them once. And that's not how it works. Nobody tells me once. I had to hear things over and over again. So I had to start looking at what was I doing and what was my expectation. And once I started taking that step back and looking at my perception and my expectation of them, was when I started realizing it wasn't them; it was me, and it was what I wasn't giving them.
1: Well, while I was in the military, they always taught us that there's three uh, kinds of people, and you had to repeat yourself three times in three different ways so everybody in your team can understand what you say. And then mm-hmm. you had to have it in writing in an SOP, mm-hmm. so any everybody can find that information and it's the same for everybody. Yes.
2: And that's what I learned is everybody learns differently. Some of us learn by listening, some of us learn by writing, some of us learn by doing. And I knew that, but I didn't know it to the extent that I understand it now. So now I, I teach my staff. I give it to them in an audio form. I have them do it. And then when we haven't done something for a while, because, you know, every, every business goes in first and you do the same thing for a while and then you don't do it for a little while. And then people are like, well, what did we do back then three months ago when this happened? We forget. And then we pull out the manual and we go over it again. But now I don't just do that. Now we pull out the manual and we say, okay, this is what we set up however many months ago does it still make sense to do it this way today do we need to change something and then we walk through it again and we we hear it we do it we see it again we write it down so we go through that whole learning process all over again so it kind of gets ingrained again in us um and we are constantly looking at at how we do things now as a team instead of everybody doing their own thing and not worrying about how it affects the other person
1: and after action review in other words, yeah. And there's always room for, you know, to improve. So always. Mm hmm. That's always a good way. Um, it's a huge yeah. win now. Mm hmm. That's awesome. And what are the, learn, what are the lessons? I, I know you learned a lot through your journey. Um, can you share another one with us?
2: Absolutely. So, the other thing I learned is to utilize other people. Um and what I mean by that is don't be afraid to tell people what you're dreaming about or what you're thinking about or what you want. When I first started out, it was of the thought process that you don't share what you want with people because somebody might steal your idea. Uh-huh. And over the years I've had lots of people borrow my ideas. And I don't say steal anymore, I say borrow because uh-huh. it's just an idea and somebody's going to put a different twist on it and it's going to become theirs. But it was the mindset of scarcity back in the day. And I don't have that scarcity mindset anymore. I share my ideas with people freely. And if somebody wants to borrow it and tweak it and make it their own, that's great. But I also learned that without sharing that idea, I can't make it happen by myself. I used to think I was the only one that I could trust. And therefore, I had to do everything to make everything happen. And I don't believe that anymore. I believe that I, what I've learned about myself is I'm great at creating ideas. I'm not so great at making sure everything happens step by step for that idea to happen. So I'm not an implementer. I'm an idea creator. And so now I surround my pe- myself with people that are better at things, getting things done than I am so that it actually can happen. Otherwise, it's just a great idea I created and it stays on paper and it doesn't ever happen. So that's been huge for me, and I've been able to accomplish a lot more by doing that.
1: Uh, That's that's so true. How many ideas do you you get in a day, and how many (sighs) do you actually implement?
2: Right? I mean, we get probably a million downloads in our head a day, whether they're good or bad. And then what we decide to do with them is how people become instant billionaires. You know, Somebody has that magical idea, and it's a billion-dollar idea. But if we don't act on it or we don't have somebody to help us strategize or know how to make it happen, it doesn't ever become that new big thing. And we can't expect to know everything about everything, but there's somebody out there that knows something that we need and they're willing to help us. That's another big lesson for me. I always felt like, well, why would anybody want to help me with my idea? You know, it's just, it's just me, but there are people that just get so pumped up about helping people with their ideas and not for any other reason other than they love it. Mm -hmm. Um, I was taught that people do it for a reason. It's something that betters them. And that's not true in the business world, a hundred percent. There are certainly people that are like that. But I have found more people that are interested in helping you for no gains on their own other than just being able to serve and help you, than there are people that are looking to steal your idea or get money from you for something. There's a lot of amazing people out there.
1: And it's, it goes back to finding talent, right? Uh, Talents exactly. on partners and associates um, on your team
0: mm-hmm.
1: and surrounding yourself with those. Um, that bring you up, not bring you down.
2: That's exactly right. You've got to have the right team players there that are willing to support you than to continue to be negative and say, well, we can't do this. Well, how can we expect to do that? You can't have team players like that. You have to have team players that come to you and say, we can do this. We might have to change a few things, or we may have to do things a little differently to make it happen, but we can do this. That's the kind of people you want to surround yourself with.
1: Yeah, you definitely don't want the yes, man, yes uh, for everything because then you don't want grow. You don't want to be the smartest person no. in that room.
2: Mm-mm. No. no, I want my team to know as much as I do or more so that when I can't step away from something and I'm too close to it, that they can say to me, Deb, you're missing this point you're missing this key piece. And if we do it this way, this is gonna happen, good or bad, it's okay, but this is what's gonna happen. And maybe if we do it this way, we'll get somewhere faster or easier or whatever. I want my team to be equals with me. I don't want it to be I'm here and they're here. We all have to play equally amongst each other because everyone has a different um, opinion and they see things different in your business. Um, and they
1: see it from different angles. Yes. And, uh, it comes down to diversity as well. Yes. You know, our customers are a diverse group. Mm-hmm. So we want to hear their voices as well. So when you have Ooh. a diverse team with diverse ideas, mm-hmm. you are able to listen to the customer as well.
2: That's right. And you know, the people who hear your customers the most are not you who sit in the office, it's those that get directly involved with the customers every single day. It's those people who are answering your phone. It's those people that are answering the emails. They hear things from your customers that you will never hear because your customers either won't tell you or can't tell you. But if you get to that level with those people that are in those conversations, they will give you their, your next big idea because they know what the customers are asking for and they know the problems that they have, that you can solve. So, you know, as a business owner, you really want to be communicating a lot with those people that have that direct response with your clients every day.
1: I forgot the name the, of um, the person that he won a, a, a Nobel Prize. And the whole reason he won a Nobel Prize was because his janitor gave him the key that he was missing to to finish uh, what he studied almost 20 years to get that Nobel Prize. Isn't that something? Yeah. You know, and he actually named it in the Nobel Prize as well, but you know, it was the janitor.
0: Mm-hmm. The
1: conversation with the janitor. you yes. never know. Yeah. I, I, forgot, I had to look up the name, but uh, um, it was, that was a, a very important lesson to learn.
2: It is, it's such an important lesson to learn because you know, sometimes we get a little too big for our britches and we we just walk past people and think they have nothing to contribute because of the job that they do. Those people have so much to contribute. We just have to be open enough to have the conversation and ask the right questions. And um, that's that's another thing. I learned this from my best friend is everywhere we went, she would ask questions of people. And I'd look at her and I'd be like, why are you asking them questions like you know them? And she said, because I wanna know them. And so she treated them like she had already known them and they were best friends forever. And she would ask really intimate questions about them. And and the things she would learn about people was amazing. And I I would stand in awe and watch her do this. And it was such an art and gift for her to do. Um, But it, it makes the conversation flow a lot easier. So when you don't know what to say to someone, just start asking those intimate questions about them. And oh my gosh, the things you'll know about people are just amazing. And there's a bright idea in one of those conversations.
1: Yeah. How many times you've been in a taxi or in a cab mm-hmm. uh, and you have a conversation with a driver and they tell you all the life story and on a plane and mm-hmm. you never knew them before. And yeah. they just tell you the whole story because it's so easy to talk to a stranger sometimes. It is. And they had so many amazing ideas that they just need that little
2: push. Yeah. You know, so, so true. So true. It's just, you know, there's, um, there's just so many miracles out in the world and and they know there's crazy times right now and people are really afraid, but if you look through the craziness and you see the miracles in people and the people who want to step up and serve and help and, and they're there. Uh, trust me. I, I, I never believed that the people were there that I've come in contact with and the groups of people I've met in different groups and different masterminds. And and don't be afraid to just DM somebody that that you want to get to know because you'll be surprised how many people will actually message you back and say, how can I help you? Um, what can I do for you? And they'll give you a pearl and it it'll just help catapult what you're doing so much faster if we just ask you know
1: the most they can say is no right that's right
2: all they can do is say no and if you dm them they're not even going to say no they're just not going to respond and then you're you're going to forget you dm'd them anyway so it's like oh no big deal you know
1: (laughs) that's a pretty good 50 50 chance of saying yes or no so that's right
2: yeah yeah i mean i i love um I love what I do in seeing clients, but I am i almost love, well I do, this is the first time I'm saying this publicly, so I, I absolutely love being a business owner more today than I do being a healthcare practitioner. I love serving people and I love helping people, don't get me wrong, but the idea of creating businesses is so exciting for me today than it was before. Um, If you would have asked me this five years ago, I would have went, no, I I want out. I don't want to own a business. I just want to hide in a cocoon and seek clients one-on-one and not have to manage people. I want nothing to do with that anymore. And over the last five years, I've really transformed through people helping me and coaches and teaching me different ways of doing things and eliciting help of other people so it doesn't all fall on me. And now I love it. And and now I'm in the process of acquiring other practices and starting multiple businesses. And today I own six different businesses that I've created in the last three years. And we're in the process of acquiring another practice today. And and it's an exciting time and I love it. Um, And I get so, so happy to be able to help other people make their ideas come true in owning a business and showing them that there's a way that you can do it that doesn't make you feel so stressed out and hate it because I've been there, I, I know how it feels, um, but it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to stay that way.
1: Uh, can you tell us where where are your business located at?
2: Yeah, so my business is located in Waukesha, Wisconsin, okay.
1: um,
2: which is in the Midwest. Where are you from? You're in a beautiful place right now.
1: Miami. <laughs> oh, beautiful! It's, so it's beautiful. It's
2: from Miami. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm in uh, Waukesha, Wisconsin. My clinic is called Serenity Healthcare Center. Um, and, And a new program that I'm launching to help other entrepreneurs grow a practice or acquire other practices is called the 15K a day doc. And so I've created a mastermind training program where I'm helping other clinicians learn how to build an integrative medical practice and make a lot of money in a day by leveraging other people and their time and not having to do everything themselves because nobody ever taught us how to do this. And it's doable and it's not
1: so hard and I want
2: to help other people be able to do that as well.
1: That's an amazing program. So where are viewers interested will uh, find find it? So if
2: you're interested in finding out information about that, you can find me on Facebook. Uh, It's called The 15K A Day Doc and my name is Dr. Dub. Um, Or you can find me on my my personal page, which is Deborah Muth, M-U-T-H, and you can reach out to me and I'm happy to send you information about the program. And um, we've got some different free things that we can give you to help you start thinking about how to redesign your program and your practice and your life so that you don't have to be so stressed out.
0: Yeah,
1: I definitely know a couple aspiring entrepreneurs that are in in that rope right now. Yeah. I definitely will show it to them. Um, so, uh, besides the practices and this, um, this program that you're offering, um, what are the lessons that you learned or um, what you wish you would have known five years ago or 20 years ago?
2: Oh gosh. Uh,
1: um, five years ago,
2: I wish I would have known how important uh, the team players I had were. I wish I would have known that. If I go back 20 years, 20 years ago, I wish that somebody would have taught me business skills or that that business was an option. Because back then, when I started out, I didn't even think business was an option for me. Um, I was raised in a middle-class family. Um, I, I thought in order to get into a business, you needed hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of money. And that's not the case. And um, it took me probably 10, 12 years to learn that you didn't need all that cash up front to get started in a business. And today especially, it's so simple today compared to what it was 20 years ago. You know, 300 bucks in a website and you're in business, right? Um, So I I really wish I would have learned that or known that. Um, And the other thing I guess is I, I would tell people to don't be afraid to try. If you try and it fails, so what? Big deal. So you close the business and you start another one. It's not that big of a deal, you know? Um, yeah, failure is hard, but just because one idea doesn't work doesn't mean another idea is not going to work. It just maybe means that it's not the time for that idea.
1: Well, that's how you grow, right? You grow, exactly. grow through failure, not through success. That's Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. I I opened a business, um, a gluten free flour business, and I opened it last year. And we launched the product the week before the country shut down in March. Wow. <laughs> and uh, and obviously sales are not that great. And and we I spent uh, ten hours last week with someone trying to decide how we were going to reposition this. And we're actually looking at it going. I don't know that we can go through with this company the way it is because we can't get our costs low enough to compete with all the big players. Um, and so we're, we're now looking at it going, okay, I have all this product. I don't know what we're going to do with it. And, but we're, we're redesigning it and saying, okay, can we repackage it? Can we do this to it? Can we do that to it? Can we turn it into a CBD line? We're, we're brainstorming ideas about the, the company doesn't just fold because of the times and we can't get our prices low enough. We're brainstorming. We're just recreating. And, and I just launched in March. So I have a lot of money involved in our first launch, but instead of just folding, we're just saying, let's figure out, how do we make this happen? How do we position it differently so that it can still be successful? Sometimes that's what we have to do with business. Our initial idea doesn't end up being our final idea.
1: Yeah. That's very important. Mm -hmm. you know you have to be flexible in business because anything can change in a second in a second and change almost every
2: day exactly right (laughs) every day (laughs) what you wake up thinking is going to happen by the end of the day probably didn't (laughs) if you own a business you know that and if not just be prepared for it every day is a challenge every day is exciting some are more exciting than others but you know what it's um it's a great time to be a business owner. You know, um, you're never going to get rich working for someone else. And, and even if being rich isn't your game, you're never going to be financially free working for someone else either. And you're never going to be able to serve somebody on the level that you want to serve working for someone else because you're always going to be under someone else's control or someone else's ideas. So even if you have a steady job, but you have this amazing idea to serve people in a certain way, try to figure out a way to do them side by side for a while until you feel comfortable financially walking away from a steady job that gives you income to do what you love and serve, because the opportunities are endless when you own your own business.
1: And it's a good Especially idea. To, as a woman. Yes. And it's a good idea to have that safety caution on the beginning, because it usually takes a little couple of months to a year, depending on what idea it is, did mm-hmm. I uh, take off. Uh, but don't, don't let that stop you from, That's right. from testing ideas or for trying, you never know what's going to happen.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. And especially as a woman, you know, today, it's different than it was 20 years ago for women. There are so many opportunities for women to get grants and have, there's organizations that support female owned businesses. They only have to be 51% controlled by women and there's grants available and there's training available. There's so many opportunities for us because we're considered a minority as a woman and there are things there to help us. And most of the time, nobody tells us that, they, that, they even exist. Um, but they are there, you know?
1: And, and a lot of the things that uh, people don't know is a lot of the big corporation, they always have a, a small business, a person that is in charge of helping a small business. They want to do business with a small business.
2: They actually require by law. Yes, they are. And I just learned this last week too. I didn't realize this, that big manufacturing company, or not manufacturing companies, but big stores like Walmart and Kroger and Publix, they have certain amount of money that requires them to do business with female owned businesses. And it comes out of a separate budget for them. So if you have a product as a woman, there's a a special program that they can buy from you and take a chance without having to dip into their other fund that they use. And I forget what it's called, uh, something sustainability. I'll have to look it up. I'll see if I can find it for you. But there's a special program that allows women to, to go into those companies and get bought by their product under that special grant. It's it's a federal grant and they're required to do it. But if you don't know it, you don't know how to get your product through there. So research that because that's available to us and none of us nobody tells us this stuff.
1: Yes. And information is key. And sometimes you have to go out and look for that information. Mm-hmm. You know, and verify the information as well. Absolutely. So there, there's a lot of false information as well. There's a lot of people selling everything. So yes. verify the the source of the information.
2: Absolutely. Yep. Always verify because let me tell you, I've been taken by a lot of people over the years and um, and we all have, it happens to all of us, you know, but just verify and, you know, go with your gut. If your gut is screaming at you that something's not right, listen to it. Women's intuition is, is very real. And we know when something doesn't feel right, you get that little inkling and it's like, hmm. Maybe I shouldn't. But then our brain or whatever else tells us, oh, yeah, I want this. Our ego, you know. You know, follow your heart. Follow your, your gut. It's never going to lead you wrong.
1: I learned that lesson early and, uh, <laughs> because it happened like three times almost. Um, I had to sit down and, like, wait another day and mm-hmm. trust my instinct and go back and verify. It. And I yep. used see the Google search, cameras that come or something. There it was. Yep. Because you yep. have to trust your instinct.
2: Even exactly. in the,
1: that little naked voice, uh, that little voice, they're just telling you, you need to verify, you need to verify, you need to listen.
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I tell my office manager now, I said, if I tell you something and it's a big thing, don't act on it for 24 hours. I said, let's both of us sleep on it and then we'll come back and we'll decide, is this still the right thing? And if we both still feel the same way the next day, then that's what we need to do. But if one of us says, mm, not sure, then we've got to reevaluate it because it's so easy to just make that knee-jerk reaction. And those knee-jerk reactions can cost you a lot of money, time, and energy if you're not careful with them.
1: And you need to get it on writing.
2: And you need Always to get it on writing. writing. That's right.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. That's pretty cool. I love your story. I definitely Thank you. love your story. You have so much wisdom to share. So- Thank you. Um, anything else you want to share or? you know, I, I, I'll leave you
2: with this, you know, um, as women, we are so powerful. We're more powerful than we give ourselves credit for. And our country is in such a disarray right now that if women as women, we don't come forth as leaders, I'm afraid of what's going to happen to our world and our country and our nature and in nature for women we shine in times like this and our voices really need to be heard and I would just love to encourage all of your females that are listening to share their voice. We need to hear your stories. We need you to speak up. We need you to come forward to make this world a better place for our children, our grandchildren, for all of the living creatures that we have here, because in women, there's so much power, and it is time for us as women to shine and just shine big and bright because it's our time and we need it. And I want to stand behind all of our sisters and just see them just do amazing things in this world and just rock it out of here.
1: I 100% agree with that. Yeah, I 100% support it. I
2: think
1: it's our time. We need to start being the founders of our own life our own destiny exactly
2: we need to be the matriarchs again matriarchs are powerful and we need to be there and sometimes they're silent and sometimes they're very boisterous but we need to take our matriarchal power back because if not oh i'm afraid of what's going to happen in this world if it's so male driven and so ladies Get your big girl panties on and start sharing your stories and start making some just wonderful things happen in this world because we, we, need, it. we need you to shine.
1: Okay. Uh, well, I wanted to say thank you again um, thank you. for being my guest. Um, it's a wonderful message. So you're welcome to tell us your news again anytime. And thank you but, so much
2: for having me. I really appreciate it.
1: And to share that information and we're going to share it with our viewers as well. Uh, okay. we're going to list it there and, and your pros on the and share all this with you as well. All right. Thank you so much. All right. I'll start recording. Bye-bye.
0: Welcome to Founders Time Podcast where founders shine. Have you ever thought, I have this idea and I'd love to start a business. I'm just not sure how. Then you're in the right place founder's time aim to inform and empower female vetpreneurs military veteran and military spouses entrepreneurs by sharing actionable steps tips and resources to grow your business lean and smart everything you would need to start scale and succeed now your host nierka Castaneda.